Ladies and gents, all things covered listeners, all things covered viewers. I thought when I played the game of football, I had the best job one could have because I was playing the game I love. Running into people, trying to pick off passes is something I grew up wanting to do. But I can tell you this much. Now that I've jumped into the podcasting world, this is a great job as well. Because of what I do right now, hosting this podcast with Pat P, All Things Covered, I had the luxury of talking to iconic individuals, living legends. We've had Shaquille O'Neal on the show, Nick Saban on the show, Master P on the show. But for today's episode, we're going to take it out west. We got to go out west. Man, I'm a huge fan of this individual. When he jumped off the porch with his rap career, I was a youngster. I was a jit, as they say in South Florida. And I grew up wanting to get some dicky pants, dicky shirts, and that Raider fitted. That Raider fitted was something that I had to have along with that starter jacket because I used to watch this individual rock this consistently with the chucks. And my mom used to tell me all the time, listen, you're not going to rock, you're not going to wear those gangster outfits. You know, of course, the dicky, you know what I mean? It was like gangster to her. I'm like, no, it ain't gangster, man. That's the new swag. That's what people rocking. That's what Cuban, the West, West Coast boys rocking. But I couldn't get my hands on the dickies until I can pay for them on my own. She wasn't going to buy them. But eventually I got my hands on the dick and I got that starter jacket and I got that Raider starter cap. This individual is a rapper, unbelievable rapper, actor, producer, writer, businessman, and co-founder of The Big Three. Now, of course, you can watch The Big Three on CBS and Paramount Plus. No other than Ice Cube is here joining me, all things covered. Cube, thank you for joining me. Number one, how you doing? I'm all good, man. You know, I appreciate that. Took me down memory lane a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I, I still rock the khakis, uh, the dickies, you know, we call them khakis, and I still rock the chucks. Uh, so, you know what I mean? I'm still doing it, man. Tell my mom yeah. sorry. Oh, no, it. no. Hey, I, I think I think it worked out well for me. She don't have no issues with how everything turned out. Uh, and like you said, y'all call them khakis back on the east east coast. On the in the south, we call them dickies. You know what I mean? Yeah, they we call them dickies. The original name, you know, is dickies. That's what they called out here too. They're dickies, but you know, I mean, you know, just around the hood, they start to get called khakis, and and it's stuck. But it's the same. It's the same brand. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, we appreciate you for making that thing a national swag element. You know what I mean? Trendsetter. It's something that you've been able to do uh, from 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 start. And now you're doing another, you're becoming another trendsetter when you talk about the big three. The big three, we're about to enter week seven in the fourth year of the big three. How would you evaluate the progress you've made as a league in the first four seasons? Oh, we trending up. You know, we always... Uh... You know, getting better with every season, not only as an organization and as a league, but also better our players. Uh, the games are as competitive as they've ever been. Uh, year one trilogy, you know, ran the table. They went 10 and 0 and nobody has done that since. You know, we, we, we feel like we're in a great place as a league. We've gained at least 10 to 12 new sponsors this year. And so that's very healthy. Uh, and, and, you know, we just want to finish the season off strong um, and not and not get hit by the COVID bug. You know, the COVID bug is out there. So we just want to finish the season off strong and, um, and, and see who's going to win that Doc Drake. Doc, uh, I, I said Dr. Drake, but <laughs> Doc J. Trope, which is uh, Dr. J. Julius Irving. 
That's who our championship trophy is named after. After a legend. And speaking of the championship, this year's playoffs and championship game will be held in the Bahamas just in a few weeks. How did that come about? How did you pick the, the Bahamas to be able to hold the playoffs in the championship game? Well, Atlanta's Paradise Island contacted us, you know, mm -hmm. when they realized that we were supposed to go to China before the pandemic. We had a sold out tour in China where we were going to play seven games in seven different cities. And um, the pandemic shut that down. So people know we want to take big three all over the world. You know, we've been to Toronto and we've been talking to Cancun, but this year it's the Bahamas. You know, they, uh, they, they, you know, they're doing events out there. You know, I think they got a college event out in the Bahamas this week on the next couple of weeks. So, mm -hmm. you know, they, they want to do events out there. We want to show our league to the world. And when you see it in person is, is something special to see these seven footers playing three on three. It's, it's just an amazing sight. So we want to take it all over the world this year to Bahamas. We thank Paradise Resort for uh, for doing this with us, man. You know, we uh, we're looking for more partners like them to, uh, you know, display big three basketball. Oh, that should be wonderful because Bahamas is a place people like to go and just chill and vibe anyway. But you can now go chill, relax and watch some real competitive basketball. Uh, that's icing on the cake. And I love icing on my pound cake. That lemon pound cake with that lemon icing is that's what I need. So that's icing that's on the cake. Yeah, that's 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 one of my favorites too. <laughs> no question, no question. That lemon pound cake. Question for you, talking about being a trendsetter, you guys have definitely kicked down a lot of different doors in the big three. Two female head coaches, Nancy Lieberman and Lisa Leslie. When would the NBA follow uh, the big three and hire a female head coach? I don't know. Uh, it feels like it's very close, uh, but who knows? To us, you know, they were the best people for the job. Mm -hmm. We started off with credibility, um, having Hall of Fame coaches. And, you know, here, here it was two Hall of Famers available. First, Nancy Lieberman, and we brought her in in 2018. And then she won the championship and coach of the year, which is voted on by the other coaches. So... Lisa comes in 2019 and she wins the championship, Lisa Leslie. And same thing happened, voted coach of the year by her peers. So, you know, to me, they're the best. You know, they continue the tradition of the big three of trying to make sure we wrap our game in credibility. You know, people with this much credibility in the world of basketball would not be involved with something like this if it, they didn't see the vision. So it's great to have him. It's great to be a leading example mm -hmm. and not just uh, lip service. But, you know, we are the test study. You don't need to to test this, you know, theory anymore than you have. You know, it's time to pull the trigger and make it happen. Yeah, no doubt. And because of the things you've been able to do, so many people want to tune in and watch the big three, not just on CBS or Paramount Plus, but in person. And not too long ago, 
you know, an outstanding rapper was sitting courtside. This summer, most people have been waiting on Kanye to drop, officially drop his upcoming album, Donda. But what was it like to have Kanye uh, sitting there with you courtside at a big three game in the midst of everything that he's involved in, you know, trying to create this outstanding uh, project to hit the scenes? And did you learn anything about his upcoming project, Donda? <laughs> well, um, it was amazing to have Kanye come out. You know, a lot of people talk about it. Um, it's cool to see somebody that, you know, they do what they say. Mm -hmm. You know, I was talking to him, I think just the night before, two nights before about the big three and what I was doing. And, and you know, he was talking about his record. And I said, you should come out and check out a game. And um, he was like, yo, um, I'm in San Francisco, but uh, when is the game? And I told him, I was like, it's on Saturday. He was like, all right, we can make it out there. And then we just started to make the arrangements for him to come and check it out. And so, you know, to me, you know, not too many people would do that. You know, mm -hmm. not too, too many people uh, drop what they're doing in the middle of, of, a, of, you know, such a big album that's named after his mother to come in and check out what one of his homies got. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. it, it's pretty cool to be able to uh, show him the big three in person, you know, um, you know, maybe he'll get involved with it. You know, you never know, you know what I'm saying? But uh, it was great for him to come out in person. You know, I did listen to some of the record. He uh, invited me to his spot in Vegas and, you know, the record is banging as usual. It's, yeah. uh, it's inspiring. So just to see what he's doing, how he get down, how much, to me, how much uh, like passion he's putting into his work. People should just wait for it. You know, I know people have been waiting. People mm -hmm. should just wait for it because if he's willing to make sure it's perfect, you should be willing to wait for it when it's perfect. You okay. know, when, when mama cooking that Thanksgiving <laughs> or that good Sunday dinner. You got to wait. Going there in Russia. You know what I mean? No Just question. Wait to hit the plate. So, and, and you know, Cube, your mom gonna get annoyed if you continue to harass. When the food gonna be done? When the food gonna be done? Oh, she gonna be gonna tell you to get out the kitchen. Man, wait to hit the plate. So that's no what question. we do as fans. Wait to hit the plate. No doubt, no doubt. That's dope. That's dope. I mean, when you look at what you've been able to do with this entire league, Cube has been nothing but amazing. But what is the future of the big three? You know, what is the five year, ten year plan from now? Uh, to grow the league, you know, I think uh, our game can definitely sustain two days a week and not just on Saturday. So, yeah, you know, if we grow the league to 16 teams, we can play on two days a week and not just one. Um, and, um, you know, we build in, you know, we want better players and coaches and people to join the league. You know, we want to keep the, the flow of talent that's out there coming to the big three. But also we have a, a, a cup, uh, I mean, a, a vision of uh, what we call the big cup, which mm -hmm. is, you know, three on three competing from around the world with our athletes with the big three rules. You know, they, they had what they had in the Olympics and that was cool as an amateur version of the sport we had a professional version of the sport. So we want, 
you know, teams that want to play the pro version mm-hmm. from around the world to come compete, you know, but that's the future. Yeah. And talking about the future, we just tapped into the future of the big three. Let's go back in time now. Back in the 80s, young Q with the Jerry Curl, you know what I mean? Intense, lyrical, creative, all of the above and talented and didn't care about anything, but just wanted to drop nothing but significant bars. What was the most eye-opening moment of realizing your level of fame in the late 80s? Um, you know, rocking a crowd of different, you know, backgrounds, races, mm-hmm. just seeing, you know, the power of music, the power of, you know, rhyming the right lyrics, and, and you know, it moves all audiences. Mm-hmm. When we first started, you know, it was it was mainly just black audiences, you know, when we first started. And so as I grew in my career, you know, I did Lollapalooza in 1992 after uh, Ice-T did it in 91. Mm-hmm. And I called him about it and I was like, I was nervous because it's an all-white audience that that's there to listen to you know alternative rock you know grunge music and so i didn't know how they was going to set hip-hop in the middle of a grunge fest so um you know he just told me to go do me you know i mean you know be the alternative to the alternative yeah so once he said that it clicked in and i said okay i'm gonna just I'm gonna give them what I got, you know what I mean? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna knock their ass out with this hip hop. They gonna be, <laughs> they gonna be throw your hands in the air, wave them like they just don't care. Everybody scream. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it on them because no other group is doing this stuff. So yeah, I'm gonna give them hip hop. And so that's that's one of the eye opening moments that this music it has no boundaries. It's just the boundaries of, of your imagination on where you want to go in your career. And it's everlasting. That's the thing about the art of music. It's everlasting. When you do great music, like I said in the intro, man, before we actually started recording, yeah, I was a big fan. You know what I mean? And because of that, your legacy will always live on. The impact that you made in the 80s, the 90s, will still impact people from here on to the 3000s to say the least, you know what I mean? So that's dope, that's super dope. And a lot of people will never get a chance to have that type of experience or that type of impact on someone else's life they never met before. That's yeah, it's, man, it's amazing. You know, nothing can really top the, the, the feeling of being on stage with the crowd, loving your music uh, and rocking with you and you, you giving them their money's worth and, and you know it, they know it. Um, Man, it's it's just something about those moments that uh, that keeps you, you know, in the studio, keep you writing, keep you trying to move people uh, mm-hmm. lyrically and with the music. So it's just uh, it's been a blessing in a lot of ways because you know, like every kid, I got dreams and and to to live them out, you know, but it's like you, man, you know, you, you had dreams as a kid, you know what I'm saying? And it's the hard work with nobody looking that got them trophies next to you. No question. 
And you know what I mean? It's like, it's like the hard work. And, and you know, that's when nobody looking. You got to put that work in when nobody cheering. No doubt. Um, hard work. No doubt. So Q, we know the story. We all know the reasons why you left NWA, right? But is there a sports comparison uh, there with a team breaking up a little too early? Obviously you went on to have a great solo career, but did you feel like the group had more to accomplish together? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. You know, whenever you got the creative minds that we had in NWA, you know, starting with myself. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> but Dr. Dre. Easy. Who's Yella. A, who's a marketing genius. Yeah. Yella, who's a technological genius. Mm. Meaning Yella knew how to work all the damn equipment. <laughs> <He> <laughs> the technician. The he took time to read the damn instructions. You know, it was just yeah. that simple. Everybody yeah. else just went grabbing and start hitting. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I mean, you have dynamic people. Even the DOC, who was one of the most vicious young MCs that I had ever run across, um, that was not from New York City. You know, mm -hmm. he's from Dallas, Texas, and. I mean, he was good as any of them. Yeah. On the mic and with the pen. So as creative as anybody out there. Um, so we had a lot to sharpen our tools on. You know, you know, to, to get where you need to get, you need to sharpen your tools. Mm -hmm. And we was sharpening our tools on each other. So another more records would have been, you know, a dream. Yeah. And when you look at sports, I know you're a big time sports fan. Who would you compare to in NWA? You know, breaking up a little too early, too prematurely, to say the least. When you look at, you know, some of the iconic teams, players, combinations, duos, whatever the case may be, who would you compare to NWA? You know, breaking up a little too early. Jack and Kobe, come on, man. No question. No question. I, 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 hey, Cube, I know you were going to. By the way, Cube, we don't just like. Uh, we, uh, I know we like both like lemon pound cake, but we also like the Lakers as well. So I didn't get a chance to throw that out there to you, but I, I just wanted to hear you say it. that's it. You know, I, I, I knew I liked you for a reason. But, uh, <laughs> but look, man, you know, that's the, you know, that's the, the championships that got away. No question. Know? No so, question. You know, without, you know, NWA same way. We, we left, you know, a lot of platinum on the table. Yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. So in the sports world, we're fascinated with great rookie performances. You know what I mean? Football, basketball, baseball. Anytime a rookie jump on the scene and they ain't walking, they running, it's a big story. But you put up a hell of a rookie performance uh, as Doughboy in Boys in the Hood. What about that experience made you want to continue pursuing acting? I think after doing the movie and, and finishing like the principal photography um i mean you don't know you know like is it a good movie you don't always feel super confident acting because you're being somebody else and you're trying to do that for somebody else so you're you're being somebody else as a character and you're doing it for the director mm -hmm. and seeing if he like how you become this person yeah. So you never really all the way sure if you I mean, you could be sure about the character, but not if you did did it right for the director. Mm -hmm. And, you know, do the director know what he's doing? 
is the whole movie going to be good or is yeah. just my character going to be good? So I, to answer your question, it was the response. It was, uh, we went to Cannes Film Festival in, in, um, in the south of France. The movie opened there or was in the festival before it, it came out in, in the States. So to see a French audience give the movie a standing ovation, like oh, with, sub, it, with subtitles, like yeah. they, they understood what the hell was going on. <laughs> I didn't think it was because it was about how we grew up. So I didn't think people in Paris would even get it or not Paris, but France. Yeah. So anyway, um, that experience saying, okay, I can do this was the, the, the thing where I said, okay, I might do more of these because I know they're going to get it in the States, but if they can get it halfway around the world, they need more of this. No doubt. Ah, oh, hey, you did that though, boy. I wasn't supposed to be watching Boys in the Hood at the time because, you know, y'all had some explicit language and some uh, extracurricular activities, but I snuck and saw with my older cousins. And man, y'all did that. Hey, I, cause at that, you know, as a JIT growing up as a youngster, as I, you know, was at that time, I never been to LA. I never been to South Central. So that was my intro into how you guys live over there, the culture. And you guys, John Singleton did an unbelievable job. He picked the correct personalities to play each part. And you guys did it. It was so precise and on point in how you did it. So for me as a youngster, I'm like, man, that's how they really, it's not really different than what we what we go through over here. They just talk a little different. You know what I mean? They got a little accent a little different. They walk a little different. You know what I mean? Cause you know, y'all West Coast boys, y'all got a little walk, the bop is like how you walk, you know, it's a smooth type walk with you, but it was so similar. And that was my intro into what, California living was, especially in the hoods of South Central and things like that. So you guys did a great job. Thank you. You know, it was really John Singleton, rest in peace. He, uh, it was his vision. It was definitely accurate in, in so many ways, you know, as many ways as you can in a two hour movie about uh, how it is to grow up and come up, you know, in, in the neighborhoods that we came up in. Mm -hmm. um, but it wasn't, you know, all day, every day, you know, we, you know, we had fun too. You know what I mean? It wasn't just, just that. No question. The movie showed that, but, but Friday kind of showed it more on. Friday was the comical side. We, yeah. Kind of yeah. when you live in it for real, how you see things to try to get, to try to make sense of the whole situation. You know, you got to, laugh at certain things or you just would, would you know, just kind of lose your mind on what's going on. So it, it, it just was, a, it was our take on how we saw things growing up. Hey, and speaking of Friday, that's one of my favorite movies. I mean, the original was, Chris Tucker was phenomenal. You double back, you know, you get Mike Epps, uh, two outstanding, yeah. you know, comedians sound actors, the entire cast was phenomenal. And I know you hit on this before in past conversations, but you know, what's the likelihood of us getting another Friday to some degree? Um, man, you gotta ask Warner Brothers. Yeah. What do they, you wanna they, do it? Are you down to do it if everything can get ironed out? I've always been down. You know, it's them. I don't know what, what tip they on. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, 
I don't even know if they care because yeah. I mean Warner Brothers is AT and T, so you know they they do telephones. You know, do they care about for? <laughs> <laughs> hey, and that's the crazy part about it because the the culture cares so much. People want to see it because. You know, when you talk about seeing a great movie, you want to continue to see, continue to see it if possible. You know what I mean? And 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 that right there would be unbelievable. I don't know who you. So if you could do it, let's let's give let me give you a hypothetical cube. If you're able to get things ironed out with Warner Brothers, you know, I know Chris Tucker said he probably wouldn't be up to do it, but who would you like to have involved in the upcoming Friday? And as you you heard what I said, upcoming. So I like to speak things into existence, existence, and let it manifest. Yeah. That's what my mom used to tell me always. The tongue is powerful, speaking into existence. So for the upcoming Friday, who would you like to have involved? I mean, all the characters that want to come back that mm -hmm. make sense. You know, um, you know, it's it's really about having a believable storyline. You know, that's the starting point of the movie is having a believable storyline. Especially at this point, it's been it's been so many uh, years to go by between. Friday after next and any new Friday to come out. So, you know, once we think of the believable storyline, you start to figure out which characters make sense in that storyline from the past Fridays. This one I wrote before uh, John Witherspoon and Tiny passed away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was able to bring a lot of the characters into the storyline and made sense and it was funny and it was real and uh it should have been shot and they just dragged their feet with crazy um notes that made no sense to the structure of the movie and so you know guys passed away and so that movie is kind of blown up you know it's it's, it's not gonna work yeah. the way it was written so, you know, it's a lot of factors, but to answer your question, I have anybody back that want to be in that I write in, you know, um, and I try to write them all in, but they got to make sense. They got to make I sense. Just, I don't want people just characters popping in out of nowhere and it don't make sense to the storyline. Well, we're going we're gonna to throw that out in the universe and let it manifest, you know. I appreciate next, that. Next Friday should be dropping around 2023. 20, that's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. And I and I'll be out there for the pre-show. Wherever it's at, I'm gonna be there. Appreciate you. And I give you, I'll bring you a piece of uh, some slices of lemon pound cake too, Cube. Okay. I need like that. Yeah. Straight from mama. Straight from straight from mama. <laughs> yes, sir. Two questions before we transition to the superlative part of the show. I know you love the Raiders. I know you love the Lakers. First Raider question for you. Can the Raiders win with Derek Carr? Yes. All right. He's a good quarterback. Uh, he just needs some needs some weapons. You know, all, all he had really this year, and I don't want to disrespect none of the receiving core. Mm -hmm. He had a great tight end. And Darren Waller. You need more than that. For any quarterback needs more than that mm -hmm. to win the Super Bowl. So. Will you check out any home games, you know, this year in Vegas? You plan on checking out a game? Oh, yeah. Definitely plan on going, you know, as long as they can – Got a place to park, to park my bus. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Got a place to park my bus, I'm coming. All right. When will the Lakers win their next title? Next year. There we go. That's what I'm talking about, Q. Stop playing around. Yeah, it's next year. They can talk about our roster, old, whatever the case may be. This ain't football. 
you, 32, 34, 33 is not old in the NBA. This ain't football. So all the naysayers can keep hating. We're going to get one this year. Yes. I'm right there with you. All right, rapid fire questions for you. I know you handle pressure extremely well. I want your honest, unbiased answer. Q, first question for you. Mount Rushmore of rap groups. Of rap groups? Rap groups, uh, yes. Gotta say Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Okay. Uh, Run DMC. Yep. Look Enemy. Mm -hmm. And NWA. NWA. Who was that third again? Public Enemy. Public Enemy. Okay. All right. Best album cover ever. Um, my death certificate album cover. I knew he was gonna say that. <laughs> I know you. Hey, that Predator album cover was pretty dope as well. Yeah, that's a good one. You know. Yeah, hey, that Predator. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's it's other ones that's crazy, but you know that was cool. All right, we've been paying attention to verses. They've been a great celebration of music, the culture. If Ice Cube was to do a versus, who would you want to go against? Myself. Your, your catalog <laughs> is like that, so you could. Myself. You, know. you could. Yeah. You could. Okay, I'm gonna follow this. I'm gonna follow that up with this. Then, if you can put together NWA to do a versus, you guys come together one more time. Which which group would you want to go against? Uh, I mean, you can only be here with Public Enemy. It's just us and Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. you know, the Ghetto Boys would be dope, too. Ooh. Us and the Ghetto Boys. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, mine, is, mine is Bushwick, but you still got Willie D. You still got Scarface. You know what I mean? So, you know, uh, they got a catalog. They got a catalog. No question. That catalog is as long as toilet paper or fresh roll. Yeah, no especially question. if you start adding solo songs and shit. It's yeah, like and see, that's the thing. You know, now we look at some of the groups, you know, they do add their solo projects, which is needed because it's part of the catalog. Yes. Yeah, it's part of the catalog. I like it. I like it. Okay. Acting it role that... Jams, man. They don't care about all that stuff. No. It's too technical. Yeah. No. Well, hey, Q, well, if you want to go ahead and bless the culture in a celebratory fashion and you want to do a versus against yourself, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I know you got a lot going on the big thing. I don't know if I would do that because I can't win. I understand, but I know, you know, if you want to just give us give us a reason to celebrate, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. We all for it. I'll, hey, for that particular show, I'll go buy me some black dickies and some chucks and a Raider hat. I, I feel you. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Favorite Kobe Bryant memory? Um, One day I was going up to TNT. Um where they where they shoot inside the NBA. I had a, a promo that I was gonna do for a movie. And I just thought, okay, I'm going here, I'm gonna see, you know, the regular crew, you know, yeah. Charles and Ernie and, and everybody else. So I go in and Kobe is in the in the uh control room, just with with the crew kind of watching the taping and and just hanging out mm -hmm. so you know it's cool to get any alone time with with a dude like kobe you know what i'm saying because we was able to just you know kind of just holler without 
without uh, any pressure of time, you know, somebody coming to get you or, man, okay, I'm just here, you know, oh, Kobe, I see you, I got to go. You know, we was able to hang out, watch games, talk talk Lakers, you know what I mean? And and it was it was just cool to be able to, to spend that time uh, with him, you know, in a setting that was basketball, but it was no pressure on him to play. Yeah. He was just, uh, you know, telling me the game through his eyes. And uh, it was just a cool moment. Oh, man. I, Kobe, my favorite basketball player. You know what I mean? So, uh, man, I got I got about two boxes of straight mama shoes and gear right over there to my right. So Kobe was my guy. So, hey, man, I had to get that one in there to you. Last question for you. We're going to let you go, Q. If you had to create a big three Hall of Fame, who are the first three people? Who are the first three people going in? I mean, big three Hall of Fame. Wow. Mm. First three people going in. The first three people. Who's getting inducted? Um, ooh. Mm. Yeah. I would, I would say Katino uh, Mobley. Yeah. Uh, Steven Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, my, and, and, and Rashard Lewis. Oh, Okay. Yeah. I like and my mood Abdul Rauf is is my fourth, my big four. He's my he's my uh fourth man. No question. He gave he gave the league hell too when he jumped out. Oh, he was out there putting getting buckets. Yeah, these hey. are guys who have uh have brought the league to where it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hey Q, that might be something you will have to consider. In the near future, that, that the, the the Hall of Fame, the Big Three Hall of Fame. So I just threw something on your plate right there. Let it digest a little bit. And let it, let us get ten years under our belt before we start thinking about. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Once again, now of course, if you guys want to watch the Big Three, if you want to watch Q and the fellas put in major work, watch some of the stars and celebrities sitting courtside. Check the Big Three on CBS and Paramount Plus, please. Cute, man. It's an honor. Thank you for giving me some of your time today. I know you're extremely busy. Man, this is this will go down one of the best uh, conversational pieces I've had interviewing a guy who I watched growing up. I couldn't grow a Jerry Curl to save my life, but I got them chucks eventually. But I appreciate you, man, joining me. I appreciate being here, man. Anytime. Just, you know, get at me. No question. If I ever see you in person, I got to have some lemon pound cake for you. It'll change your okay. life. All right, man. Don't show up without the pound cake, man. No question. Can't would you say can't just be lip service? I gotta hey, I gotta bring it, right? That's real. Come on. <laughs> no doubt. Appreciate you, Q. All right, homie. Yep. Take it easy.